Welcome to the Live Treasure Podcast, brought to you by Treasured Ministries, where every week we coach you with steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow. And now, on to today's show. Hey, everybody. I want to begin our podcast with just a big shout out and thank you to Brittany Borowski. She left us a review on iTunes where she said that she shared this um, podcast with her mom for her relationships initially, but it has also reached into her life and helped her too. And then she says, what a blessing. Well, Brittany, I just wanted to say to you, what a blessing you are to us that you took the time to write a review and really to share it with other women who you knew Um, would be helped through our podcast. And I also want to say, donors, thank you for donating to Treasured Ministries. These are the women that you are helping. Um, And I want to just begin by saying a prayer for Brittany and just inviting you to, to join me in praying. Lord, I thank you so much for Brittany. And God, I just ask that you would bless her relationship with her mother, reach into her mother's life, Lord, and just give her wisdom today, God, I pray, for her to navigate through um, any decision that she's currently making. Father, I ask that you would just pour out your blessings upon Brittany this week, and thank you so much uh, for her heart and just for her taking the time to Uh, reach out to her mother and to pour into her and really to take the time to uh, write the review and to help us reach more hurting women. Amen. All right. So we are marching on today with our series, What It Means to Forgive. I've got a word for you today about the force of shalom. Hey there, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries. And if you've been following along with us, whether on the Treasured Tribe or on our podcast or on YouTube, you know that this summer I've been creating a series on what it means to forgive. And that's because um, oftentimes inside of the church, we oversimplify this very sensitive, complex topic. And in doing so, it creates confusion about one of God's greatest remedies. And so instead of treating our wounds God's way, we'll often do other things like pretend it doesn't matter or uh, or just push the anger down. Uh, and, and we're so confused. We, we, we don't set boundaries with those who have abused or offended us uh, and because we think that's a lack of forgiveness. And so we've been going through each week and really diving deep into the Word of God uh, about what it means to forgive. Um, And what I want to talk to you about today is how the promise of shalom will give you the confidence that God will absolutely restore every single loss inside of your life. You know, we live inside of a broken world and wounds 
are, 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 nobody can get out of, of being hurt. Um, and God knew that. And so he gave us a promise that he would restore and redeem that which was lost or was taken from us. And in one of our previous videos, I talked about the power of processing that pain with God so that he could heal those wounds inside of your heart. Uh, but today, I want to bring in you into that truth just a deeper level because you see, if we don't have confidence, right, that God is going to heal our hearts, if we don't have confidence that God cares about the injustices in our life, we won't come to him and bring him our hurts to be healed. Today, I want to talk to you about the beautiful promise of shalom, which is a word that means peace. You know, shalom is really a force inside of our life that flows from our creator. And it's such a strong force that it overrides the waves and the wind of injustice inside of our life that beats against us and seeks to take us off course. And so when we align our lives back with God, when we look to him to redeem and restore, and we do that by pulling into his presence, by listening to his voice and walking by faith and trusting him to right the tide of everything that's been wrong inside of our life. When we do that, we have peace. We have shalom. And when that happens, the peace that God gives us <laughs> is not in the absence of conflict. It is because of the conflict inside of this world. And that's an important difference for us to discern. Because if we believe that the peace that we're craving inside of life happens outside of us. In other words, once this circumstance happens and that circumstance happens, once this person gets its act together or whatever it may be, we believe that peace is found outside of us instead of within us, given to us by God. And the problem with that <laughs> is that while we can forgive others, we have no power over whether another person decides that they are going to right that wrong. And that is why Jesus gives us his peace, right? His peace. In fact, in the Bible, Jesus says that the peace that he gives us is not a peace from this world. And it is in knowing that whatever injustice I face, that while I am a child of God and while I have breath in my body, as long as I'm leaning and looking to God and as long as I'm listening and following him, that that peace and order that I crave inside of my life, that he will lead me to it one day at a time, one step at a time. And it has nothing to do <laughs> with a lack of chaos inside of my life and everything to do with me listening and pulling back into him. 
I want to talk to you today about the powerful force of shalom that overrides all the injustices you've ever faced in your life thus far and all the ones that you will face in your future. You know, uh, inside of where I live in North Carolina, we have close access to uh, the ocean. And so for that reason, a lot of people uh, boat or fish. And uh, we were over at a good friend's house and they were telling us about uh, uh, their new boat. And one of the things about fishing um, where, where we go inside of the ocean is that, you know, if it's stormy outside, there's a potential um, that you can get caught in a really bad storm and it can be a rocky ride, right? Like the winds will come and the waves will come and, and they will rock your boat. And even if it's not a stormy day, and let's just say that the currents are high or the tide is high, it can be a really rough ride. So much so that while there are a lot of people that fish, some people just want to sit uh, back on the beach and on the shore because that's a more safer place to be. Uh, but one of the things um, that, that our friends said about their new boat is they put something on it called a sea keeper. Now, I've never seen a sea keeper. I have no idea what it looks like, but what the sea keeper does when you turn it on is it helps to stabilize your boat in the rockiest of seas. Now, sometimes seas can become so rocky that there's a potential to capsize the boat. But when you have a sea keeper, not only will your sailing be smooth, but you'll be safe and secure. And I want to read to you, this is from their website, how the sea keeper works to eliminate uh, the roughness from the waves. It says this, a sea keeper works by creating torque through rapidly spinning a flywheel inside of its housing. The force is then transferred to the hull of the boat. And the force of this application keeps the boat to stay even when it would otherwise roll with wave action. Did you catch that? It's the force the force that this sea keeper has. Now, I am not a physicist. Don't ask me to explain exactly how the sea keeper works. But what I do want you to see is that the piece on the boat, the stabilization doesn't happen because the sea keeper is able to control the waves and the wind outside the boat. No, the sea keeper creates a force that overrides the wind and the waves and keeps the ship steady. And this force, do you see that? It is internal. And sometimes when you and I have walked through chaos, and whether it was chaos inside of our childhood or chaos inside of our marriage, we will step into trying to control situations and circumstances and people trying to build that peace that we are craving. And in doing so, you and I are spending a lot of energy and probably worn out and weary 
because we're trying to control something that's impossible to control. Do you see that? The sea keeper doesn't try to keep the wind or the waves down. The sea keeper admits a force that overrides uh, that other force of the winds and the waves. And the first point that I wanna make to you today is that the storms of injustice will always exist inside of love's free choice, causing winds and waves of wounds that nobody can escape. Now, for me, living in North Carolina, going out and inside of a boat, inside of the ocean. There are some days it's windier than others. There are some days it's more stormier than others. But this I know, I cannot stop the weather. I cannot stop the wind and the waves. And so it is with us that you and I live in a fallen world and we live in a broken world. And part of sin happening is that we end up getting hurt. You know, when God created the world, one of the most beautiful things that he did is that he gave us free choice. In other words, he didn't make us robots. He didn't make Adam and Eve robots. He gave them a choice uh, of, of, you know, where, where they were going to eat from which tree. And he did that because without choice, love is not real. In other words, God didn't want to force people to love him. He didn't want their duty, their obligation. He wanted Adam and Eve to choose to give their hearts to him. Now, God gave them instruction about what tree to eat from and what tree not to eat from, not because he was being a fuddy-duddy or because he was on some kind of power trip, but because he cared about people, right? And so it is today that inside of his word, God, like a good father, like a good shepherd, speaks to us and gives us instruction. And he does this because he wants the best for us. And not only the best for us, he wants the best for others. And in the Bible, in Exodus 20 and 24, we see that God gives his law. And, uh, and um, that is the Torah. And, and many times you will hear the Torah talked about not as the law, but as God's instruction. And inside of his instruction, God is giving us the, the, the instructions for how we um, love other people by the way that we live and, and, and what is best for us. And so he instructs us because he loves us. But because love is a free choice, while he gives us that instruction, remember, he also gives us the choice of whether or not we're going to follow him or not. So for example, in Exodus 20, 20, 20 and 2024, 20, it starts out with the um, 10 commandments and then it goes into 
um, um, instructions for property and um, and if there was stolen property and, and what needed to happen um, if, if something was stolen and so forth and so on. And so God, um, God gave those instructions, right, um, to protect us and to show us really how to love uh, others. Um, but God also gave free choice. And so God knew when he gave the instruction because he loved us and because he gave us free choice, that not everybody would choose him. And because not everybody would choose him, that sin would happen um, into the picture, that there would be people um, that, that would damage your property, that, that would steal, for example. Um, and in those cases, inside of Exodus 20 through 24, we also see that God provided restitution instruction for injustice. In other words, and the Bible says this, the Bible says that God hates injustice. See, and so in his perfect will, no one would sin and would hurt us. No one would break your heart, but God knew that that would happen. And so then God gives instructions for people to make that wrong a right. And the reason why God does that, number one, is because, you know, um, uh, whatever injustice happens, God wants to see it made right. But God also knows that the person that did the wrong needs to experience the healing that can happen from taking action to make it right. Now, again, this is another piece of God's instruction. Not everybody was going to follow it, right? It depended upon the person listening to God and being obedient to make their wrong a right. And inside of this, uh, these passages, Exodus 20 through 24, where we see God giving instruction, where we see that he has provided um, uh, he knows that there are people that are going to break his instructions, right? And that through that process, people are going to be hurt. There's going to be things that are damaged or lost or stolen. And certainly when you and I experience injustice inside of our life, there are wounds. It may not be a physical wound, but it hurts our soul. And what I want you to see is that the very place that the word shalom began was right in this point in scripture. This is the first place where we see shalom, S-H-A-L-A-M, which is the root word of shalom. And it means to make good, to make full restitution or to, uh, or to restore. And, um, and inside of this passage, if the person didn't make it right, then God says that we bring it before the judge who will make it right. And see, God knew, he knew as much as he gave people uh, instructions for how to love him and how to love others the right way to live, that because he gave us free choice, that there would be people um, that would not follow his ways and that would sin. And when sin happens, it doesn't just hurt the person. It has a 
outreaching effect that can hurt others. Think about somebody that has an affair. There's a far-reaching effect from that person's one decision. But essentially, what God is saying, because He knew, He knew that having that free choice would mean not everybody would walk it out perfectly, but God promises shalom. God promises to bring about that wholeness, that fullness, that completeness inside of our life. And when you get hurt, when an injustice gets done to you, you know, it can feel, sometimes it can feel like somebody has taken their dirty hands and wiped them all over you. Sometimes it can feel like that you've been betrayed Um, uh, to the point where you just feel so lost, like like the bottom could drop out at any point. Sometimes um, things are stolen from us like our childhood um, or our innocence or, or those sorts of things. And God says, I hate injustice. And now I want you to take my hand and I'm going to make it right. I read um, one theologian that talked about the ancient um, Hebrew meaning of shalom is to make something whole again, but it is a mind, body, and spirit. And we know that all of those things are connected, right? When you walk through trauma, I believe there's a book out that says that the body keeps a score and it's 2,000% Uh, true. And what God is saying is that I'm promising you, I'm going to bring about that restoration. I am here to bring justice to every injustice inside of your life. In other words, think about the sea keeper, right? And even though there are waves and even though there are winds and even though there are storms, when the sea keeper is on a boat and is turned on, the boat can continue to sail and see the sea keeper working does not mean it works because there's an absence of waves, right? It works despite the waves. And that's the picture of shalom. You and I can have shalom despite the storms inside of our life. God created shalom because he knew we were going to have the storms of injustice inside of our life. And the shalom that God has given us is not based off of whether somebody else writes the wrong inside of your life. It is an interaction that you have with your heavenly father. You know what? Injustice is not the end of my story and it's not the end of your story. And because of that, it is not the end of my heart as well. You know, when you and I walk through wounds in our life, sometimes we'll we'll be like some of those people that I know in North Carolina who have experienced a scary, you know, ship, sea experience, and they say to themselves, 
as soon as I get on the shore, I'm never going out in the waters again. And I wonder if anybody is listening today and maybe your husband's had an affair or, or perhaps it is um, that you shut your heart down a long time ago and you just said, I can't trust people and I certainly can't trust God, right? But when we understand that God created shalom, that he is not happy about the injustice in your life and inside of this world, and he's ready to take the very injustices inside of our life and restore them, that can birth a new confidence in us to live as God intended. You see, the storms of injustice will always exist inside of love's free choice, which cause wind and waves of wounds that nobody can escape. But the force of shalom that flows from God overrides the winds and waves of life so I can live and love as God intended. All right, so let's talk a little bit about shalom. So what is shalom? Shalom is an inner peace, restoration, and wholeness that flows from God. And that's important. The only source of shalom is God. Jesus said this um, in John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. In other words, you can't get it from the world. You can't get it from, from trying to make your world right. In fact, you know, my friend was talking about they, they knew that the seas were going to be high and she said it, we, we, the boat was just stable, right? Because the sea keeper was on and so it is with us. We're not, we're not worried about the weather report, quote unquote, inside of the world or what's going on. There can be chaos going on around us, but we can still have shalom because shalom comes from God and it's not of this world. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulder to, shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, Jesus is peace. He is the source of peace. And so, and so how do I get this shalom? And I first just want to say um, that, that the restoration that happens inside of our life, it is a lifetime process, one day at a time, one step at a time. It's not this destination that we achieve. It happens through intimacy with God as we enter into that relationship. And, and every day when we take that step of faith that he's giving us, as we listen to him, we partner with God and we're riding the tide of everything uh, that is wrong inside of our life. Now, while we live this side of heaven, right? We live inside of this broken world and there will be continual conflict. 
And so it's never going to be perfect, but we can still have that peace that passes understanding uh, from God. And one day he will wipe every tear from our eyes in heaven. But now the way that you and I um, get peace is really, um, it's really a twofold step. And the first step is that we stop striving to create the peace that we crave. There's a saying, um, Shabbat Shalom, and and so Jewish people say it, um, Messianic Jews say it, a lot of Christians say it, I say it. Uh, Friday afternoon, if I'm talking to somebody, I'll say Shabbat Shalom. And what that means, basically, um, Shabbat, you know, it's they're it's their entering into the Sabbath day of rest. And, and Shabbat literally means to stop. It means to cease um, uh, work. And so in order to have that peace, we have to cease striving for it. And this seems counterintuitive. But listen, I worked a long time in my life to try to create this life of order and peace that I craved. And a lot of codependents will do that. Or, um, or perhaps it is that, that you grew up and, and it was all about creating peace in the home. And in order to do that, everything had to center around maybe one parent, not making one parent upset. And so that is how you strive to create uh, the peace. So we're trying so hard, right, to, to recreate what we lost um, or what we never had, or we work really, really hard um, to try to keep what we fear uh, losing. But when we see this happening inside of our life, we really need to stop and ask ourselves, um, do I have a trust issue um, with God working it out for me? In fact, that's what resting from work, what Sabbath rest, that's what it's all about. It's God, do I trust you? right? That you're going to provide for me even though I'm not working this day. And so when we stop trying to um, calm the waves ourselves or figure out why the waves are a certain way and just trust God, stop from that effort, right? And then we, the other part is we shift our effort into entering into um, uh, God's rest. Um, Now the Bible says this, starting in Hebrews 4 verse 6, so God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And so we see there um, that, that entering into God's rest, and it talks about making every effort to enter into God's rest, um, that there is an initial surrender to God through salvation. But then, then beyond that, it is listening and hearing um, God's voice. And so we want to stop our striving. Um, where are we trying desperately to create the love that we crave or that we lost? 
Where are we trying desperately to create a life of peace that we crave or that we're afraid of losing? Where is it that you're striving, right? To, to make a wrong, a right inside of your life and ask God, is there any way in my life that I'm not trusting you? And so you stop your uh, striving and then you shift your effort into entering into God's rest. I read an article and it, it said that um, when somebody says, uh, Shabbat Shalom. Basically, what they're saying is, um, may you end the week with rest that brings inner peace. May you recenter on the one, meaning the Lord who gives it. And may you begin your week with the security that you lack nothing. You know something, injustice is not the end of your story. Let the force of shalom flow to you and through you to others as you spend time with God and discern His voice and then walk by faith. And then one day at a time, one step at a time, you watch as God writes the tide to make the wrongs right inside of your life. You know, focusing on that intimate relationship with God um, and walking out that journey with others, learning how to discern God's voice so that you can follow it and find that wholeness and restoration that you're looking for in life is exactly what we teach you inside of the Treasured Tribes. So if you're interested um, in checking that out, um, I'd love for you to join me and some other amazing women. Visit treasuredtribe.com because when you walk by faith in fellowship with one another, women find strength to flourish. There is a peace that passes all understanding. And when we plug into that peace, shalom is a force that overrides the waves so that you and I can live as God intended.
So that wraps up our podcast today. Be sure you listen in next week. Um, I'm way excited about next week's message. And hey, I'd love to study God's Word with you. And I'd love for you to meet this amazing community of women from all across the country. We have such a special sisterhood. Visit treasuretribe.com and sign up today and I'll see you soon. Have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Bye-bye.